uctoday.com. Hello and welcome to our Microsoft edition of the Out Loud podcast. It's been a month since Microsoft Ignite and as always I am joined by expert guest Tom Arbuthnot from Modality Systems. I thought it might have been quite a quiet month in the aftermath of Microsoft Ignite, but in actual fact there was a surprising amount of news. There is the usual raft of Microsoft Teams updates, but also some big news on Skype for Business Server 2019. Tom and I review all of the updates and look ahead towards the end of the year. Have a listen. Good afternoon, Tom. I was saying to you before, it feels like ages since I've spoken to you, but we were only together at Microsoft Ignite. It was about a month ago now. Yeah, almost to the day. Yeah, uh, it seems busy when you're traveling around, doesn't it? But it's only been a month since Ignite. And have you recovered mentally and physically from Ignite yet? Uh, yeah, just about. It takes a while, doesn't it? It's pretty full on uh, with the, the all the meetings and the, uh, the various networking important drinks you have to go to, obviously. Um, yeah, it takes a little while, but yeah, I fully recovered now. Yeah, absolutely. It took it took certainly took me a, a little while uh, to recover. And I thought we should just mention for, for the listeners, and I don't want to spoil the behind the scenes magic, but this is the first time that we've recorded the podcast in Microsoft Teams rather than in Skype for Business, which is a bit of a milestone, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's obviously when we started uh, quite a few months ago, there wasn't cloud recording, so we got into using Skype and. and... That was our default, but there's cloud recording now for Teams meetings. So this is a regular Teams meeting recorded in the cloud, and then uh, you're getting a uh, an MP4 with all the audio and video in. And and that is uh, us, you know, practicing what we preach in terms of in terms of this migration to Teams. And Tom, I think although usually Teams dominates the podcast, the, the biggest piece of news this month is Skype for Business server. 2019 edition is is generally available yeah yeah so generally available on the uh, 22nd and microsoft released the full suite of office server products so sharepoint server 2019 exchange server 2019 and skype business server 2019 so those are all available to volume licensed customers and to techies on what was called msdm what's now called uh, visual studio subscription uh, and we we've we've discussed previously that it's been a bit more low profile in in terms of obviously in previous editions skype was the only sort of microsoft communication platform and and took center stage but now with the rising importance of teams it, it it's garnered a lot less news than we might have expected yeah definitely i mean across the board the server products like like you know the internet used to blow up when the, the latest version of server were released and there'd be lots of detail about what was in it and big fanfare uh, these days across the board it's been a bit quieter there's a blog post from every product team saying servers here and we still support on-premises where you need it um, but yeah much less fanfare and particularly more so for Skype for Business because obviously Teams is Microsoft's first foot forward for UC and Collab and server is still servicing a lot of important customers but it's not something they're actively going out to promote these days. And is that because of the popularity of Office 365, which obviously has, has teams within within some of the packages. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's the same for SharePoint and Exchange. Microsoft would rather you have those in the cloud than on-premises. So their, their first foot forward is you should be going Office 365 because you get the best of everything. The server products are all essentially cuts of the cloud version. So at some point they take a version of it and make it for on-premises. So you don't have the same latest features as the cloud you're obviously on a different path 
Um, but as we all know, there are plenty of customers out there who for business, technical, commercial feature reasons, whatever it may be, still need an on-premises server. So Microsoft you know, are still supporting that option, but they don't want to go out of their way to promote it. They'd rather you be on the 365 latest and greatest cloud stack. And, and obviously for Skype, that's particularly true because they want you on Teams and the new Teams meeting experience and plug in this meeting join and all the new flashy stuff. Skype Server 2019 is really a supportability refresh. There's, there's two or three nice touches around being able to send your data to the cloud. So you can do your CDR and QE in the cloud. You can use cloud voicemail. You can use cloud auto attendant. Um, but even those features you can see are now as a server user, you can also use some cloud features. So there's nothing particularly new that's pure on-premises server for Skype Server 2019. Yeah, and I, th I think we we went through the new features. And as, as you said, most of those were either designed to help in that transition to the cloud rather than adding a, a whole new stack of feature set to it to effectively a, a product that, as you said, you know, Microsoft still absolutely recognize the value for huge amounts of customers around the world, but it's not their, their main development platform in that sense. No, you know, so, you know, it gives customers the latest versions of SQL, the latest versions of Windows Server, gives them a chance of a much longer on-premises supportability window. So there's some upsides that are moving, but they're more about supportability and ongoing maintenance and, and leveraging some cloud features, maybe starting your journey to the cloud and less about there's a whole load of new features for pure on-premises customers. And so you said that uh, it went generally available on the 22nd. Was that was that Monday? I'm losing track of the days and the weeks. It went live in the volume licensing servicing center. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it went live on Monday. So customers can go and grab it right now. And uh, obviously it takes a bit of planning to deploy that kind of product. So they probably won't be deploying it tomorrow, but it's there now. So you can uh, get underway with your either upgrade from 2015 or 2013 or a, a complete new install if you want to go that way. Right. Well, that uh, I mean, pretty much wraps up the, the the Skype for Business Server 2019 news. Let, let's go on to, to Teams, which we know dominates the, the Microsoft communication and, and collaboration stack on that. And th there there has been some news since Ignite. I thought it might potentially die off a bit. But reading your blog and the, and the summary you send me before all the podcasts, there's a few bits. And, and probably the most interesting one is the, the organi is the organization-wide team. Easy for you to say. Yeah, well, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's interesting. So this is um, Microsoft have announced an ability to have an org-wide team in Microsoft Teams. So it's a team that will have every employee in it. And at the moment, it's capped up to a 1,000 users, but it says on the documentation they're looking to possibly increase that in the future. This is interesting because the, the main premise of Teams is you have teams of groups of people with a common goal and they're working together on a particular project or outcome. And it's their, to use Microsoft's term, their inner loop, the fast communications about a particular project. And this kind of gives you an option to use Teams in a more Yammer-esque way. Everybody's in one place. And, and that kind of blurs the story a little bit around when something like an enterprise social network with everybody on it might suit your use case and when Teams might suit your use case. So I'm guessing this has been driven by customer demand and probably at the smaller end of the scale of customers in terms of seat count. So if you're you know, 100 users or 50 users, maybe you don't want to use two products. You use Teams for your projects and also you want a, just a big general team with everybody in it to you know, spread news about the company, that kind of thing. So it's a new option. I, I, I think for most customers, I think 
an org-wide team would be better serviced by Yammer. I think that's the way to do top-down, well, not kind of not top-down, collaborative social org-wide information. Uh, but interesting to see it as an option, and we'll see see how customers pick it up. But I think I would use it with caution. It has the potential to just be a really messy, loud team if, if people aren't careful, I think. Yeah, that that's really interesting. And I suppose it potentially r- relates to the success of Yammer. And I, I've used Yammer as a previ- previous organisation. That's sort of a, an internal social network, isn't it? And, and I thought that was had to, had some really interesting ideas and some really interesting features. But you're right, there's a bit of clouding of the areas there. Yeah, and I, I think the more I use Teams and work with customers on Teams, the more I appreciate Yammer has a place. It's, I've really gone full circle on my thinking on this because I did see at a point where, well, Teams and Yammer, you can post messages, you have threads, you can post pictures, you can post GIFs, you can like things. It's They, they sound similar. If you put them in that classic tick box list, they look the same. But I, I think about Teams as I'm in Teams where I'm directly involved in the outcome of that project. Like I should be aware of what's going on. Whereas Yammer might be a whole bunch of different departments and teams and projects and, and, and out out loud information but i don't want to actively check it but i just want to be aware it's going on i want to have a big giant searchability place for has anybody ever worked with this product inside of modality has anybody worked with that customer inside of modality i'd have no reason to be in a team about that product or about that customer i just want to know so I, I, Microsoft aren't saying, you know, they're not prescripting how you use things. As always, Office 365 is like a toolbox to, to make your own choices. But I, I would say that an org-wide team is definitely not a replacement for Yammer. And uh, I, I tread carefully with it, for sure. Yeah, well, what I think what you were alluding to before, you know, you potentially don't want teams to become a, a, a noise distraction in terms of huge amounts of messages for huge amounts of internal users that aren't relevant to huge swathes of them yeah i mean this is why we're all migrating away from email isn't it like email is the you know cakes in the kitchen parking spaces some irrelevant news like hr policies like it becomes a mess of just noise that's not really relevant to you and i think with an org-wide team there's a risk you open up to that same level of noise but that, that's really challenging if yammer has that noise you can shut it off you can look at yammer in your like less active time check out what's going on in the org but if you put both really important project critical things and relevant kind of socially stuff in the same interface for people i think they're going to struggle with well i don't you know and, and microsoft will say you can tune the alerts you can hide channels you can do a whole bunch of things to tune it for yourself but we see at scale most typical users don't spend time tuning their alerts hiding particular teams so I think it's uh, it's definitely one to be careful of. It will sure have a use case, particularly in a smaller company where it's not going to be that noisy. They'd all want to be in one tool. They want to use the single mobile client. Uh, maybe there's a fit there. But as you get up into the you know bigger orgs, and maybe that's the part of the reason it's capped at a thousand users, is I think a bigger org really there's huge value in Yammer. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to to see how that develops, or if it develops any further at all, or as you said, it's just it's just a feature that they've added in. We we should potentially have a a, a moment silence or a, a small moment <laughs> memorandum for 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 the T bot in Teams, which I believe Microsoft have mercilessly slaughtered. Is that the case, or am I slightly yeah. exaggerating this? Yeah, T bot has uh, you don't you don't yeah you don't kill people, do you? You uh, you shift them to different new and exciting projects or something like that. But uh, yes, the T bot is going to be removed from Teams. 
for, for those not familiar, TBOT is a chat-based help bot. So you would ask it, how do I record a meeting? How do I create a new channel? Those kind of things. And, and it's interesting because this kind of goes against Microsoft's bigger messaging and the industry's bigger messaging that chatbots are going to take over the world. Like everything is going to be a chatbot. It appears in this case that help through a chatbot hasn't hit the mark and they're going to a more traditional help system. So I imagine this is just a factor of scale. We're in the you know millions and millions of users now. Not everybody that's using Teams is super, you know, modern new ways of working chatbot kind of people. They're just people trying to get their job done. So maybe traditional hit the help button for help suits them better than interacting with a bot. Yeah, I was I was going to say I have to. Although I was talking about a, a moment of silence, I've never become particularly attached to Tbot. And so, so have they just replaced it with a traditional help function that you might see on any application? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be a button to hit help with a search box to find things, so much more traditional. And, but it's interesting that it's actively been removed. So conceptually, you could have a help button and a help bot, but it appears that you know it doesn't justify the engineering cycles to build both, I would guess. I have no insider knowledge, but otherwise they would do both. But it just goes slightly against the, the rhetoric of the wider industry that chatbots are going to be the big thing, um, more back towards a kind of balance of usability and uh, the right situation for them. Yeah, and, and and AI powered bots, as you said, is a real real trend within the industry. So so maybe we'll see something again in, in the future within Teams. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be third parties, if not Microsoft, that pick up that scenario. Like There are tons of bots you can interrupt with Teams. We, we've even done some stuff at Modality around so we already have a Skype help system, which is bot-based interactive help. We didn't really bother developing it for Teams because we thought Tbot was going to take that place. But now there's a gap there. Maybe there'll be customers where, you know, particularly if you want a simple answer to a simple question, uh, it can definitely replace search in a bit more interactive way. Absolutely. And there was a there was another piece of Teams news, which when I was reading the blog, I thought that this must be pretty niche. But then reading it a bit more, I thought it might have some real relevance, which is the 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 conference meeting tones uh, and the ability to switch them on and off have we not had that previously yeah no that's been around for a while it's just um i blogged it recently because a customer asked me how to do it and it appears that the default on office 365 is have tones when psdn users so real phone users join and leave meetings and, and there's two options in, in office 365 so in teams psdn meetings essentially one is to play a tone so bing someone joined you at least know someone on the line but there's also a mode where it will play the name or if the user neglects to put in a name it will read out the phone number and the reading out the phone number one is pretty killer because nobody records their name on those things they just press hash to bypass them and then you join the meeting and it reads out literally plus four four seven eight oh three da 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 has joined the meeting and it does the same thing on leave as well their meetings were getting a bit disrupted by reading in and out of phone numbers you can see how that would be irritating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not ideal. A simple button on uh, Office 365 on the admin portal to turn it on and off. But uh, yeah, if anybody in uh, in uh, user land or uh, customers is, is feeling that pain in the Teams and Skype admin center, you can change it to just tones or you can change it to completely off as well. And then the, the final sort of piece of Teams news, which I thought was really interesting that I was reading on your blog, was the... The, the future features section or that, that Microsoft are offering through the web? Yeah, so this is, um, I, I just took some time to write out some features I'm looking forward to based on the user voice. 
So user voice for those not familiar, it's a third party company that's full-time job is to provide a, a kind of forum for users to give feedback for it to be voted on and ranked. And Microsoft as part of their agile, listening to customers, moving more dynamically, have really embraced it for lots of different products. But teams are particularly active on it. And literally anybody can go up there and suggest a feature and anybody can vote. So you've ended up with lots of interesting visible feedback about what individual customers want. Obviously there's a slight bias there. They, you know, these are people who have taken the time to go to a website to fill out a form, like they're, they're a subset of users potentially. So you have to take all this kind of feedback with a pinch of salt. You know, how many hardcore business users take the time to go to a forum to vote on features. But that there are a few things there that I strongly agree with. Some of the ones I picked out was moving channels between teams. So we hit this a lot, like you'll create a, we have a development team in Modality. So we'll create a channel for a new project idea. We're going to build this new bot. And then it gets proper funding and it gets its own development team. Now I want to move that channel with all the initial you know, ideation and prototyping and stuff into the new team. But, but today I can't do that. I can't move a channel from one team to another. And there's a few others. There was moving threads of conversation between channels, follow and unfollow thread, which is something I use heavily on Yammer. If I get involved in a thread that gets noisy, I can just unfollow the thread. I can't yet do that in Teams. And a few others on the blog, but I think it's worth worth having a look at that user voice to get ideas of what might be coming down the pipe, but also to cast your vote on what you think will be important in Microsoft Teams. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really interesting idea. And I suppose a lot of the, the features, and, and, and you'll know this from a modality perspective more than anything, a lot of the best features and functions are suggestions from customers and, and developments that go from there. Yeah, and I think, I think it's quite brave and quite a different atmosphere in Microsoft to have an open forum where customers can vote. Like they, they end up putting their you know, their name on, yes, we're working on this, and everybody can see when they said they start working on it, when they possibly deliver it. So it's nice to see that kind of customer engagement, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see uh, see what comes out of there. I'm going to try and think of some really innovative ideas, <laughs> you know, maybe get myself a job in the Microsoft innovation team. Um, I, th- I think that pretty much wraps up the, the news for, for Skype for Business and Teams. Obviously, the listeners can find loads more information on your blog at tomtalks.uk. I know you've got some events coming up. You've got one of your tech user groups coming up in London. When's that? Yeah, yeah. Tech User Group London on the 8th of November. I'm doing a morning slot on Microsoft Teams and how it fits into your business and the telephony features and stuff. So if anybody's in London, if you just Google um, Tech UG London, you'll find the registration there. Um, as we said before the call, uh, Future Decoded's coming up, but I'm not going to be at that one. I've got other commits, but Modality will be there on a stand doing some bits and pieces. So if you're in the Microsoft space um, and in, in the UK, uh, Future Decoded is an interesting one for kind of future visions of where Microsoft are going. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to miss Future Decoded as well because I'll be at a, an unnamed event in Miami at the time. So oh, it's a hard life, Patrick, isn't it? It's very, very difficult. <laughs> Rainy London, sunny Miami. <laughs> difficult, difficult comparison that was. Um, also, I, I did want to mention, and I mentioned to you just before the call, that I recorded a, a podcast 
uh, uh, I was about to say a rival Microsoft, but it's complimentary Microsoft <laughs> podcast uh, with Pune Kaufman from Microsoft about the their internal transition from Skype to, to Teams. And, and I thought that was really interesting. And just chatting to you before, it's interesting to think that Microsoft, even though they're obviously a, a, tech, a technology company, they have much of the same pain points that many of your modality customers will have when looking at migrations like this. Yeah, I mean, this is the interesting thing a lot of people don't realize is Microsoft IT are an IT delivery to the business like anybody else. So yes, they have a lot of feedback and input to the product group, but actually they have a, you know, I think it's 200,000 user org if you count everybody that works at Microsoft to migrate from one technology to another, from on-premises to cloud, from Skype to Teams. So they have a big job on their hands and it is a proper, you know, running business as well as an IT company. So uh, I look forward to hearing that. That's going to be a really interesting story, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pune had some really interesting ideas and, and examples that they'd use within Microsoft to help with the with the migration. So that'll that'll be coming out uh, following this episode shortly. But for the meantime, Tom, thank you so much as always for coming onto the pod, and I will catch up with you at the end of November. Yeah. Cheers, Patrick. Talk again soon. Big thanks to Tom, as always, for updating me on all the Microsoft collaboration and communication news. You can find more details on everything we discussed on his blog at tomtalks.uk and also on our website at uctoday.com. As I mentioned, do keep your eye out for a bonus episode of the Microsoft Monthly Podcast I recorded with Pune Kaufman from Microsoft, where we discuss the internal migration from Skype to Teams. That's it for today, though. As always, thanks for listening.